Welcome to another episode of That Changed My Life podcast. We are very excited today as Anas is joining us. He is the visionary of Castleworth Architecture. He is locally based on the Gold Coast, but has projects all through Queensland and New South Wales. We are so excited to have you on and we love to kick off the podcast with a recommendation that you have for our audience from the previous week. Okay, so one of... um I think one of the, the Netflix series that I've started rewatching again, um, which I find is like fantastic inspiration and like a great driver if you're looking for a bit of motivation, is The Last Dance, and that's uh, like the story of Michael Jordan and how he got into basketball. Um, an incredible journey that he's been on. I Other than seen that, that, you haven't seen it. I'll it have is to watch it. fantastic. Um, other than that. Another recommendation I'd say is um, Martin North. He's an analyst. If you're looking to, I guess, understand more about what's happening in the financial sector from a property standpoint, what's going on with interest and stuff like that, he's fantastic. Um, All his videos are on YouTube. That's an amazing recommendation. Yeah, like it's, it's all factual, right? It's graphs, it's stats, and I found that it's actually helped me out a lot personally in when I'm looking at analysing different properties, so yeah. Is it a blog or just a website? Um, it's just YouTube videos. Okay. And they normally range from anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes, depending on the topic. Yep. Um, I think one of the last videos was looking at mortgage stress across Australia. That's so then just understanding mm. like what that breakdown is, what sort of demographic is stressed out and for what reasons. It just allows you to say, okay, cool, like... I now understand what the, yep. the market demographic is looking like and yep. then you can make decisions accordingly. That's exactly it. I'm mm. a big believer in you can make better and more informed decisions if you educate yourself. And we love learning. We know our audience loves learning as well. Yeah. So thank you for sharing. No, that's all right. What's yours? So mine is Insight Timer. So Maddie and I just did a breathwork meditation on Insight Timer. It's a free app that you can download and you have access to heaps of tracks they have an insane amount of people on there and you can see how many active people are on there for that day and sometimes it's like 500,000 which is really cool so when you log in you get like an inspirational quote and my favorite one to do at the moment is by Om Awaken um, Lucas Mack Um, so yeah it's a great breath work and then it ends with a bit of a meditation as well and it's just a great way to set up your day I love insight timer I use it every day I actually um, it came up with a notification that I've spent like 500 hours meditating I was that like, wow, that's really fantastic. cool. We love the data. We do. <laughs> and what's yours, Maddie? Maddie? So fine. I'm laughing because we did this last night. Cryotherapy. That's what it's called, hey? Yeah, that's yep. what it's called. So it's, have you done it? No. I, you probably need to tell me more about it. Okay. Yeah. I'll dive deeper. So it's three minutes in a pod mm-hmm. that's minus 120 degrees. Yep. And you have to dress in like weird clothes, cover your hands, your feet, but it was just great. It pushes the boundaries. It's different to an ice bath, but it's equally as challenging. Um, but it just pushes you out of your boundaries and it's fun. And it's yeah. good to try something new and just like the whole time in there, I'm focusing on my breathing. I'm telling myself I can do it because it's really cold. My nose was frozen. I was um, definitely a little nervous because I thought we were going to the ones where your head is out of the machine mm-hmm. and it's just like your body in yeah. and but it's actually a pot full pod that you get into and the door closes for three minutes and it's a little bit claustrophobic 
you know, there's smoke everywhere. Yeah, you can't really see far in front of you. Um, but, yeah, it was wow. good to do yeah. something new and it's great for recovery, muscle recovery and inflammation. And do you have to wear, like, specific type of clothes or do they give you clothes? Or yeah, how so they give work? them to you. So right. it's, like, basically gloves on your hands. They just yeah. protect certain areas, like your ears, and your hands. Okay. That's so cool. Cover your mouth. And three minutes is the longest you can mm. do. And what are the benefits? Like, what are some of the benefits of doing it? So reducing inflammation in your body, okay. which is Big a great one. benefit. Mm-hmm. And then all, that's similar to ice baths as well. And then it just speeds up your recovery. So like if you go to the gym, your muscle recovery is faster. Okay. And then I guess like another benefit is maybe doing something outside your comfort yeah. zone. The mindset side that of things. That is so cool. And doing something okay. hard. Mm-hmm. And then the more times you push yourself out of your comfort zone, the more confidence you gain. Yeah. So I slept really well last night as well. I'm so keen to try it. Definitely let us know how it goes. Absolutely. I'll let you know. Yeah. So let's dive in. Cool. We would love to hear more about you. Mm-hmm. So I love to ask the question, if we you went to a dinner party and someone asked you, what do you do? How would you respond? Well, okay. So we, I'd say I run an architecture office that is predominantly focused on growing your wealth and property. Right. So over time, we've been very fortunate to work with like a lot of investors and developers and and even mums and dads who are looking to either get into property or grow their property portfolio. So we've tailored the business towards strategies around how you add value and how you can unlock like the potential of a particular property. So I think, yeah, normally when people say, well, what do you do? How are you guys different from different architecture offices? You know, our, our response is, we do focus a lot on the tailored approach of how we can increase the value of that particular property, not just come up with a creative design um, and look at, you know, your portfolio and how you're trying to build Mm -hmm. that portfolio. I think a lot of people just do one project and they realise that there was never a strategy to start off with to then actually grow from that. Um, And then when all your capital is gone and you don't have an idea of how to pull out equity, What's next? Would an example of that be, say, someone wants to get a renovator's delight Mm -hmm. and then prior to purchasing that property, they come to you and and say, what could we do to this to add the value? And then they can get the equity out of that to then buy the next property. Is that an example? Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, again, a lot of houses out there um, are underutilised in a way. And when you renovate them, as long as you're purchasing right – if you get in the property for the right price and you have a strategy for how you're going to renovate it and how you're going to unlock the potential without overcapitalizing in that particular area, you can absolutely add value to the property and then pull the equity and then do it again. Um, where you've got to be careful is not overspending, you know, and knowing if there is a market for what you're creating to start off with. So is that where you can come in almost right from the start before they even purchase it mm-hmm. to say like this is the budget you would need from an architectural point of view so then they can weigh that in from their spending? Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think when people come to us with their visions and say here is what we want to do, we look at them a lot of the time and say you're overcapitalizing a little bit. You know, you are well and truly above the market in this particular area. Only spend a dollar if it looks like you've spent two you know so how do you be 10 percent above the best house in the area without spending a fortune that's how you're going to get your best returns so we do help with that and we help from the very start um, 
sometimes before they even finalise their contract, if they're like in a due diligence period or they're just looking at the property and saying, can we do anything with it? And this seems like quite a unique and holistic approach to what you do in your business and how you support clients. Um, do you have any tips for someone who's looking at a property and they want to understand, you know, what value can be added or even if this is the right property for them to go, you know, forward with their strategy? I, I think if they come to us with a strategy, yeah. right, so understanding I'm in the space of renovation or I'm in the space of townhouses or you know, I want to do something bigger or something smaller. As long as they have a strategy, we can actually show them similar examples that we have worked on and say, look, this is how these people have achieved it. Um, this is what they've done. This is how they've unlocked the potential. Those are the key components and elements mm -hmm. you should be looking for. Um, it's like a classic example where you have like a Queenslander on a double block you want to really know what the maximum width of that Queenslander is and if you shift it on one block, can you actually keep it yeah. or does it need to be demolished? A lot of the time, they're just a little fraction wider than what they need to be. Yeah. So having key things to look out for when you're looking at property would be the number one thing, I think, for a lot of people because you'll find that a lot of them do not work, but yeah. a few would. Um, and, yeah, if you've got that in the back of your mind, you can probably execute on that deal a lot quicker than somebody else. A hundred percent. I feel like mm. it's a game changer. Yeah. And we talk a lot about the dream team mm. um, on this podcast as well and having, you know, an expert on your side. You know, you would have reviewed a lot of properties in your time. Yeah. You probably would have worked with a lot of clients as well to help them understand the value of their block. And we come across buyers, you know, that we bought a property recently and there's potential to add a granny flat. But our client didn't have any understanding of that or didn't know that. So I feel like having someone like you in their corner would be very beneficial. I mean, look, an example of the granny flat that you just said, when somebody thinks of a granny flat, okay, it's, it's behind my property, it's next to my property. Yeah. But you don't realise that it can be below the property. You know, it, it can be attached to the house or even like a reconfiguration of part of the home to integrate it within that principal place of residence. Um, but people tend to look at it and say, oh, look, I don't have enough land, I can't actually fit it there. Well, have you explored some of the other options of how we can actually do that? Yeah. Um, which, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's very creative as well. Yeah. Yeah, which is like a double-edged sword because sometimes you're like, okay, you can't be too creative. Yeah. I even tell myself that. I'm like, Anus, remember the budget? <laughs> there's a budget here. Yeah. <laughs> Control yourself. Yeah. That's a good um, point to go into mm. in terms of budget. How do you bring people's vision to life whilst also managing their budget as well? Um, it's like that balancing yeah. act. We, we always come up with a very detailed brief mm -hmm. for what you're trying to achieve. And that brief breaks down all the different areas that we're trying to sort of incorporate in that house um, as well as attaching sort of photos. And like we will create a Pinterest port for every project. And it gives you an idea of where we're heading. Um, and then we draw comparison on all the projects that we've worked on. I mean, like last year we did 75 homes. So we've got a fairly good understanding of costings. Um, so with all that knowledge, we'll sit there with the client and say, look, if this is your brief, if these are inspiration photos that we're targeting, 
this is realistically what we can achieve um, based on that budget. And, you know, this is the contingency that we need to have in place and this is the construction program based on the current market conditions. And that kind of gives them a fair mm. sort of... Uh, gives a good understanding of where they're now heading um, and knowing, I guess, how how big their reno can actually physically be, yeah. And then also, like, I'd love to know, you did mention you do, like, mums and dads, developers. What are the buyers that you can help? Um, it's interesting because we help, like, a range of yeah. different buyers. Um, we'll be good for our audience to know. Yeah, I mean, we've... We've helped out a lot of people who are just getting into the property market. This is their first ever investment. They want to get in there. They want a property that they can work on. Um, we've assisted with that, looking at which ways we can renovate it, whether it's like a cosmetic reno or like a major reno. Um, we do a fair bit of work with subdivision and townhouses. Um, so you've got a lot of blocks around the Gold Coast and Brisbane who, where they've got that potential. Um, and then we do a bit of corporate and government work. So with uh, shopping centre clients, um, that's more sort of, yeah, larger scale, longer term, and they sort of range from like three to five years, that kind of thing for some of these bigger projects. Mm-hmm. So it's fairly diverse, and within that we've built teams. So I've got different consultants and builders for every type of project, and I think that's an important thing to point out. One of the things that... I found to be really successful is building teams to be able to tell a client, look, we're not just going to help you with the architecture, but we've got these engineers, these certifiers, those town planners, and ultimately those builders that we can go to, which we know have a track record and we know can deliver. Um, And I think that's more important than ever in the market today. And even for me, you know, like I reach out to those builders on a weekly basis and say, which sectors of the market have price rises, what should we factor in, where are the some of the supply chain shortages, and just understanding, you know, understanding if what we're proposing as a design can be delivered. Um, and that's really, that's helped out a lot. I, I like to say we're not just in the game of design, but we're in the game of delivery, because a lot of people can design, but then it's the delivery and the execution that's equally as important, if not more important. Yeah. That's a game changer. That's so valuable. Mm. And speaking of the current market, what do you think of it? Do you have any tips for the buyers, you know, or property owners that are listening, mm. that are looking to buy or, you know, turn on the news and see interest rates and all sorts of things? I think I think people just need to stop watching the news, <laughs> to be quite honest. Yes. The market, the market's the market, right? Yeah. Whether the market is going up or the market's going down, like, there are always opportunities. So if it costs more to build, it's going to end up selling for a higher price because the, the expectation has been reset. Yes, it is, there is definitely more <clears throat> demand than supply at the moment. We know that. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that there aren't opportunities. Yep. I mean, I'll, I'll look at the market every day, even for myself. And I know that, look, if you can buy a property now with the interest rates as they currently are, then when the, 
conditions improve and interest rates go down, it will become so much easier to, to hold and, and, and manage these assets. Yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, when there's a lot of fear, they sit back and exit the market yeah. and then wait until things improve and then jump in. Well, that's the time when everybody else is also jumping in. Exactly. So you, you, you need to jump in when people aren't jumping in so that you can capitalise on, on that opportunity. Um, and you know what? Is construction more expensive? Yes. Is Are there uh, issues with supply chain? Absolutely. You just have to factor that into your program. You factor into your budget, you factor that into your construction program and you just say, cool, how do I make it work during this time? We need houses, man. Yeah. Like we, we need more properties to still be built. And those who are building are the ones that are doing exceptionally well today. Yeah. I was reading an article recently in the Korea Mail, possibly, mm-hmm. and it was saying that there's $8 billion worth of developer stock that has been put on hold yeah. and that's waiting to be built at the moment. And we really need more houses. (laughs) Look, something that I like to follow is, um, they're called Brisbane Developments, the website. Mm -hmm. And it shows you all the development applications that have been put into council. If you want to get a good understanding of where things are heading, look at what the biggest players are doing. The Mervacs, the ARIA groups. When they are lodging development applications you know, now and over the past six months, it is to tell you that they're preparing to build in the next mm-hmm. 12 months or so. That's sort of in line with where the property cycle is. Yeah. All the big players are getting ready now. All the big players have been acquiring over the past couple of months. Yeah. Get in there now, you acquire, and you'll be ready at the same time. Yeah. And we say this to our clients as well, and I've always thought that property is a long-term game. It's having that long-term vision. And, you know, there's a quote that says that you only lose if you sell. Yeah. And it's just being able to, you know, move through that, have that strategy, which mm. is really important, surrounding yourself with the right people, the right consultants, mm. and then having that vision and then staying focused on the future and what it looks like in 5, 10, 15 years. It's like the discussion that you and I had earlier this week <clears throat> about the unit, right? Yes. Taking out a long-term renter, and, for example, using it as Airbnb to yep. increase that cash flow. Um, a lot of the time, people don't explore other options. Yeah. And I do it all the time. I always look at properties that I've got and I say, okay, cool. How do I increase the income on this? What yep. do I need to do? What does it look like in 12, 24, um, uh, 36 months? Like, what's my plan and how do I improve that yep. sort of, you know, money in, money out um, position? I think the concept of buy a property, just rent it out long term and forget it, it works. It, it definitely works for a lot of people. But if you're somebody that's trying to sort of grow that like asset base and you know get the second property and the third property and the fourth property, you need to do improvements. You need to do work to the property. Yep. You need to get more cash flow from it. So you've got to be a little bit more strategic. Um, I think that's where you come in and you help out a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And definitely you as well. Yeah. Um, what would you say to someone who owns a property now mm-hmm. and they already tips for them and they don't know or even begin to start to know how to unlock the value of their property? Mm-hmm. 
you know, is there any tips that they can look for or even people looking to purchase? Um, I'd say go on realestate.com. Yep. Look at comparable houses to the one you're in and then look at houses that are slightly better or significantly better in the area and see if there is potential to take your property from where it is to where these properties are. And that may that could be a small renovation, it could be yep. a big renovation, but understand what that difference is. If I am here and this property's there, can my property realistically get there? Yep. Or no. Or is it better just to keep it where it is? I did that exercise for myself maybe three weeks ago yep. with my property and I looked at it and I said, Okay, it's it's a three bedroom Queenslander. If I go f- if I get four bedroom how much more value can I unlock? And I had a look at the comparables. I had a look at how the bank is going to revalue that property. Um, and in this particular instance, I found that the money that I was going to put in to the project would have been the same as the revaluation. So I said, okay, okay I need to pivot my strategy. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing now. I'm sort of exploring a different strategy. So before you jump in and say, I'm going to do a reno, just understand the market. Yeah. I would love to know what project has been the one that's like lit you up the most, whether it's your personal project or one for a client. Um, it's a personal project, I'd say. Yeah. We spent a long time looking. I said about six months. And the intent was not to build something new, but rather to renovate and have something long-term and at some point probably you know, sell it as an asset. So after looking at countless homes, there was this one house where the structure was just extraordinary. You know when you just walk, walk into a property and say, I can see so much potential here? There wasn't a full vision for how to renovate the house at the start, but I can see enough in there in that first open home when I went in to say... I can do something pretty special with this property. We got the house. We did a full, I call it like a major cosmetic reno. And the reason I call it major is that we stripped out everything. Like we stripped out the floors, took out all the carpets, ripped out all the bathrooms, but didn't do anything structural. And they didn't go outside of the fabric of the house. So the costs were quite contained in terms of the reno. Um, and reconfigured uh, all the wet areas, the kitchen, um, new flooring, new media room. Finished that project, got it revalued. Excuse me. Okay. Got some water. Got it revalued, and it went up forty five percent. Wow! From that's after all costs. That's after. The purchase cost, the renovation cost, it went up 45%. Yeah. Amazing. We'll just grab you some water quickly. Oh, thank you. <coughs> <coughs> thank you. No, We're okay. good, thank you. Um, so I would love to know with that one in terms of what was the time involvement for that particular project. So from <coughs> you've already acquired <coughs> the asset and then you've started the dra- architectural drawings yep. and deciding from when you've got that completed and locked in your designs how much time involvement was the renovation um 
all the doc- so from the moment the contract went unconditional, all the documentation and the planning and contract negotiation took just under three months, and the construction took about four and a half months. Yeah, and we were in lockdown at the time, mm-hmm. so you know you can imagine like. When I was going out to site, I was like, if a police officer pulls me over, I'm part of like the exempt sort of services where I can actually drive around because we are going out to site. So even during that time, we still managed to deliver it fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's a great point of like people not putting limitations on themselves of mm. what they can do. Um, how do you overcome that in yourself? Like, is there any time you've had a limitation, whether it's like a self-limiting belief about something in the past and you've broken through that or... I think you have that all the time. Like there's always like, you know, a little bit of worry and concern whenever you you do anything. But it's, it comes, to, for me, I think it comes down to my team. You know, the team and the people that I surround myself with have really played a positive impact on just allowing me to continue to push forward. Because there are times when you just feel like, Am I crazy? Like, am, yeah. I, am I the only one doing this? And then you talk to others and you're like, you know what? Everybody's going through something. They're just silent about it because they're making it happen. So, yeah, I, I, like, whenever there is just a bit of a hurdle up in here, um, I'll, I'll talk to a few of the closest people by my side and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Just to, I'm not going crazy, right? <laughs> and then they say, no, look, it's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's a really beautiful feeling to know and to trust that you're never alone and that, you know, everyone else is going through something and we're all on the same journey looking to create and do similar things. It feels that way sometimes, doesn't it? Like when you're sort of sitting there in your own little bubble and you're like, okay, I've got this project, I'm trying to unlock its potential, I've got a million, two million dollars of debt that I'm trying to manage and... Yeah, it's it's just yeah, it's it's a strategy, you know. Yeah. And that's what we spoke about when we caught up. We're like, okay, you know, where are you sitting currently with what you're doing? Where am I sitting? And then after talking about it, we shared some insights. Yeah. You definitely shared some insights with me and I was like, Okay, I'm gonna go back and talk to my team and it helped out a lot. And that's it. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons we created this podcast. And what I personally love about being a buyer's agent as well is representing buyers and working for them, representing them in their best interest in the market. Mm. So it's amazing. And we personally always want to up level in what we do. So I think that you attract people that have a growth mindset towards you too. Um, We created a new series called Upscale Your Thinking in the Business. Mm -hmm. So that's bringing property experts. So then any of the buyers that come to us, we're just giving them an insane amount of value Mm -hmm. from different experts within the property space as well. So then they can feel like um, whether they have these questions or it just unlocks something in them that they're like, oh, I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. Similar to this podcast. Yeah, have you thought about this way? Or I can do this. I can purchase property through my super. I actually then have a question because I, I get a lot of people that sort of reach out whether directly to me or through like my town planner and they've got a site or they're looking at purchasing a site and they want to get in the property space. I tend to find that a few of them don't even have a strategy in terms of what they want to do. Is that something you can help them with? Can you help them create like a a property strategy that they can then 
Definitely. Sort of follow. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask what that looks like? Definitely. Because <laughs> I'd, I'd love to say, hey, guys, this is what, you know, Maddie and her team offer. Do this. Yeah. Yep. All about strategy. So I'm a big believer and I've learned this from my personal experience as well, that your first property really does matter. And if you leverage and create that opportunity in your first property, you know, as long as you're in the market, you can continue leveraging and continue either building your portfolio, adding value, creating equity, whatever that looks like. Mm. So that's the first thing that we do when we have a discovery call or when a client comes on board. It's okay, what are your goals? What are you looking to achieve? You know, everyone enters property for a different reason, whether it's buying their family home, whether it's creating passive income, building a portfolio, whatever that looks like. So really understanding what motivates them, what kind of life do they want to live? You know, what are you inspired to do? Do you want to spend more time with your kids? Do you want to build beautiful homes for people to live their best lives? So understanding their why and the mission and inspiration behind that and wanting to buy property. And then we work together to reverse engineer that. And then that's how we come up with the strategy and then the property. You can add to this if you like. Well, Maddie has a really great quote that's like, <laughs> um, the value is created when you purchase a property, not sell a property. Agreed. And that's probably something you completely agree with Absolutely. as well. Yeah. yeah. And you make your money at the start, not at the end. Mm. Exactly. And that's why I'm excited to bring this chat to our community as well mm. with what you do, because you can really support buyers at the start of what they do as well and ensure that the property that they're buying, mm. you know, you can work with that and you can do what they want to do. So. Fantastic. It sounds like you've got a lot of experience in investing in property yourself. Yeah. Do you think that, you know, really helps you when you're working with clients on their journey as well? Absolutely. Like it's, <clears throat> I don't look at it just from the lens of design. I also look at it from a feasibility and a portfolio sort of building standpoint. Yeah. And I think... I think that really helps because when we're having these discussions and we're talking about the design, I sort of take a step back and say, okay, well, like, what are we trying to achieve financially? Like, where is this heading and what's the end goal? What's the exit strategy? You know, um, and I look at, yeah, I look at some of my projects and I find that while design played a huge role, you still got to balance the financial aspect of things, you've got to balance, you know, what the short-term and the long-term goal is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm the sort of person that will sit there in a meeting and somebody will say, look, these are my visions for my property portfolio. And then they'll tell you their design ideas and you say, I, I, I'd say, look, I don't think your design ideas work with your vision. Yeah. And then they'll be shocked because I'm the sort of person that'll get very excited and be like, let's do something great. But yeah. it needs to make sense. So I find that really, really helps out a lot. And I think that's why we attract a lot more people who are in that sort of property mindset. I yeah. want to build my portfolio. I want to. Well, you yeah. can get excited. You know, you want to add this design or, you know, this finish. And it, it's oh, exciting. I, oh, you definitely absolutely. get overwhelmed. Absolutely. <laughs> I remember I had one client that said to me, We don't want to tell you what we want because we don't want to limit your creative flair. Just know it's not an endless pit of money. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is going to be fantastic. And it was. It was an extraordinary project. Mm. It, like, it, it turned out incredible. 
So we love to ask what we call a sticky beat question, which is something an audience would like to, I guess, know. So asking those deeper questions. So the one for you is what's the most expensive project you've done and what's the least expensive? Yep. Um, Most expensive in terms of a home uh, sits at about the $3 million mark and that's um, the build. Um, in if you're looking at townhouses and commercial, that's a little bit different. Like townhouses, our biggest one I'd say is about thirty million, um, and commercial is about six and a half million. In terms of smallest project, I think the smallest project was probably maybe fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, love it. What was yeah. it? It was um, it was like an ensuite upgrade. And I remember I had a friend was like, I really want to redo my ensuite. I'm like, okay, here's a little sketch. This is what you need to do. You just call this person, do that. Here you go. Um, and they were over the moon. They were like absolutely over the moon. It was perfect for them. It was perfect for them. And like, it's really exciting. Like, I get really, really excited when somebody like sees it, like the finished product, like how it was before and then how it is after. And it doesn't, it doesn't need to be the biggest and best project for you to feel satisfied. Like, it can be the smallest thing, but it's about how, you know, that person feels at the end of it that brings, I guess, me the most joy. Yeah. Like, if they're really happy with it, you're like, I did an amazing job. Yeah. Irrespective of the size of it. Yeah. I just, I'm now satisfied that they are happy. It's their home. Like, we're helping people with the biggest investment they make in their whole entire life, like, what an honour to be part of that process, you know, to be part of that journey. Yeah. Especially when you trust me with designing your home or your project. Like, yeah. y- you take that so seriously. It's a big honour. Absolutely. And architecture Absolutely. isn't just about, you know, buildings or designing. It's about creating spaces that yeah. inspire people to live their best lives. And I think you do that really well. They become, like, long-life friends, you know, like, when you're involved in that journey, especially from design to the completion of the construction, it, it could sometimes be, you know, 12 months, two years, three years, depending on what it is. Um, meeting that person or that couple so often, they they end up becoming family. Yeah. And what an exciting thing to, like, stand on the balcony at the end of the day after a year and yeah. say look what we created like it was a vacant block yeah. of land we drew some lines on a sheet of paper we went through this whole process and now we're standing in yeah. your home like that is special i think it's just there's something really special about it or even unlocking equity that you didn't or know was available absolutely or absolutely. you know reconfiguring the floor layout to add an extra bedroom exactly. or raising the house yeah. endless opportunities yeah yeah it's always exciting Mm. yeah you mentioned this a little bit earlier but I'd love to just sort of recap when should a client engage you and contact you for your services I'd say as early as they can right so if if they're looking to acquire a property I sometimes tell them just reach out to me before you finalize your contract because there are things there that you may not be aware of um, I saw it once where we had a client that purchased a development site in Brisbane and in Brisbane you can build over a sewer pipe, right? 
you can build over council assets. That's not a problem. As long as you have the right paperwork and the right engineering, you don't have an issue. That same person bought an, a property in Logan to also develop. He said to me, we want to do the same thing that we did in Brisbane. And I'm like, where are you at with the contract? He's like, it's finalised, it's unconditional. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, um, I've got some bad news. And I'm like, you cannot build over a sewer pipe in Logan. Council does not allow you to do that. And that sewer pipe was running straight down the middle of the site. It's not doom and gloom. We just had to reroute the sewer. But if he was aware of that prior to finalising that contract, he could have probably negotiated a bit more and said, hey, guys, there is a sewer pipe. It runs through the property. I've done my research. We can't build over it. So, you know, we need to just negotiate that price a little. As early as possible, and I'm, I'm always providing guidance and advice for people, Maddie. Like, if somebody calls me and goes, oh, I'm thinking of buying this, I should be like, look, have a look at these things. Consider these things before yeah. you buy. Um, and when they're ready, they'll come to me and say, hey, we now want to push ahead. Yeah. Mm. And it's tricky. Every city council has its own rules and requirements, you know, regulations to follow. Mm. So it's important to surround yourself with the people that can – you know, from the beginning, is this the right project for me? Is this going to be the right house? Can I achieve what I want to achieve for it? Because it all adds up. It all it all does. And, like, I think, like, some people like to say, I'm going to purchase a property first, then I'm going to build a team, and then I'm going to work on the design, get all that finalised, then I'm going to talk to the builder. And it's, like, step by step by step. I think there's a lot more benefit if you have that team altogether from the start yeah. so that you're not losing critical time during that mm -hmm. process and you know what questions to ask. You say, cool, well, the moment it goes unconditional, effectively you can almost start, right? We can almost start working on the process yeah. rather than waiting one or two months and then trying to build a team. If you're a developer or investor, that's holding costs that you need to factor in. If someone's listening and they want and they know they have to start building a team, what would you recommend for them to find, you know, aligned team and people that they'll work with really well? How can they start? Um, figure out which consultants you need as a starting point. Um, if that is an architect, talk to an architect. If that is an, a real estate agent, talk to a real estate agent. If it's a builder, talk to a builder. I think you always need to ask them questions and understand if they're experienced in that particular project, you know. Um, if it's a renovation, how many renovations has that particular consultant worked on? You know, understand their expertise, understand their involvement and their connection with others in the industry. What can they help you with? Let's just say as an architect, right? Um, somebody should ask me, how many, let, let's say it's a renovation, how many renovations have you worked on? Um, what's your experience with a renovation similar to my place? Um, understanding the service offering. What like services are you can offer me? What resources do you have access to? And then ask that consultant, you know, what can you see that we can do with this place? And then get them to give you their thoughts first and then you share with them your thoughts and see how they respond to that. Um, and I think... If you start asking these questions and understand, yeah, that value, you'll very quickly figure out if you connect with them or not. Yeah. Um, and if you don't, next person, and if you do... That's okay. 
you're in for a journey. <laughs> exactly. Then you've got your team. You're good to yeah. go. Yeah. So it's safe to say you've worked on a lot of beautiful homes and projects with mm-hmm. developers, families, investors. Is there a common trend or theme that you see with the houses that you design? Um, so, you know, open plan, fireplace. Yes. Is there anything that's really popular and trendy? A lot of them are fairly contemporary. Yeah. People love stone. People love stone everywhere. So um, floor plans are getting a lot more open, a lot more elaborate. Kitchens are becoming a lot fancier, mm. which is amazing. Um we're finding that the ratio of bedrooms to bathrooms has definitely gone up. More people want yeah, more. I've noticed that too. En suites, they want more walk-in robes. It's it's a preference rather than just having, you know, three bedrooms to one bathroom. Um, we're seeing a lot more multi-generational homes that we're working on. So there is one, um, and it's, it's very early days at the moment. We're still discussing that project. It's in Sovereign Island. And they want 12 bedrooms and nine bathrooms as a starting point. Wow. And I think when they first said that to me, I thought it was a joke. Okay. And then I realised they've got almost three generations of family living in that home because, you know, that is – they're just a tight-knit family. Yeah. So creating this one big home that almost feels like it's, uh, you know, like almost like a few homes in one. Yeah. If you know what I mean. And, yeah, so the trends are they're getting bigger, they're getting bolder, they're a lot more beautiful, the homes, open plan. Yeah. Um, yeah, more, more bathrooms, um, media rooms if you can get them in there. Um, I had a little sneaky peek at your plans. Some of them may have a sauna in there if you're lucky. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we can't not have a sauna. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I was also wondering in terms of like the materials a property is built with, mm-hmm. say you're looking at investment properties, do you have an opinion on a weatherboard house versus a brick home if you're purchasing an existing established dwelling? Yes. Different materials have different longevity, right? And, and I think that's something that needs to be factored into any acquisition. Without a doubt, a brick home or a brick-rendered home will significantly outlive a house that is sort of lightweight, if you know what I mean. Now, with weatherboard, for example, you're all Queenslanders, they're made out of hardwood. Like, hardwood is extremely resilient. If that is painted or sanded back and painted if it was run down, that stuff will live for a very, very long time. Um, If it's new construction, like brand, brand new construction... You'd really want to look at what materials have been used and how the property has been waterproofed mm-hmm. because you'll find that some houses show their age really quickly over time. Um, and I, I think that's an important consideration that people need to make. Even if if they're looking at building an investment property, I always say to them, well, how long do you want to hold this house for? If, this, if you're going to hold something like this long term, then using more resilient materials at the start, even though they may cost a little bit more, 
is better than the ongoing maintenance of using something slightly cheaper. And so what sort of maintenance would you see in a hardwood versus weatherboard? Um, hardwood versus weatherboard. Look, th- those, th- they're fairly similar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more... It's more how, like, I'll give you an example. Sometimes you see, like, panels on a house and then they put, like, a little timber trim over it to sort of waterproof two sheets together. At some point, the seal and that timber trim is going to start breaking down. A lot of the time it may be just silicon that's holding it in place. It needs to be repainted. It needs to be upkept a lot. Um, on your old... Queenslanders, they're shiplapped hardwood timber. You know, you're not going to get any water getting in that space. Um, and when it's well painted, that's that added level um, of protection that's that's there. So every property is a little different. It, it's just, yeah, I think one of the biggest issues at the moment is more just the waterproofing. You know, if it's been done correctly and is it just silicon and it's going to break down in the short term or... Right, that's highly valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And if a block has um, acoustic overlay, bushfire, is that part of the services that you offer as well? So you, you know, design and you'll add cladding or whatever that is yeah, at the beginning? Yeah, so th- there are actually codes around that as well. Yep. And it's not as bad as some people think it is. Like I there's agree. There's something called a bowel rating. And depending on – and bowel rating applies to bushfire sites. It just means that you have to use more non-combustible materials. It's nothing more than that. I think when people hear it at first, they freak out. Yep. But a lot of the materials that we already use are non-combustible anyway. Yep. So it's just modifying one or two little things. In terms of acoustics – your windows may be a little bit more expensive, you know, because they're double glazed. Yep. Um, the materials on the outside, well, it may not be your, your just your simple weatherboard or your just your simple cladding. It may be rendered foam. Right? That's got acoustic properties in there. It may be brick veneer with insulation. Yeah. Um, so you do still use a lot of your common materials, just in a slightly different way. And you can also get the acoustic report where they actually tell you what level, you know, it needs to be yep. done at, which is often not as much as what people think. Yeah. I actually Absolutely. heard of a story of some interstate clients. They purchased land and they built mm-hmm. um, in Brisbane. And halfway through the build, the builder said, oh, no, we need to add an extra $25,000 to this house because we didn't realise there was an acoustic overlay. But then I came in contact with them and we supported them to get a report, work with a designer and real architect and realised that it only needed to be, it was like five and a half grand. Crazy. It's, and again, what you did there was sort of assist in that process of getting that professional advice. From the beginning. From the beginning. And, And that professional advice can actually save you thousands of dollars that, sometimes people aren't aware of you know you don't always have to follow actually no let me rephrase that it's not that you don't always have to follow the rules it's more you just have to understand to what degree um, these rules apply to your project and then you can tailor um, your outcome accordingly 
create your dream team, everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you want to share? Anything else that I would like to share? What I would love to know okay, go on. is there's always kind of like taking a leap of faith. So prior to you starting your company, what was the aspect within you that you knew to trust yourself and become the visionary of the company you've recreated? It's interesting. I, I think I spent maybe nine months, one foot in, one foot out in my last job, you know, before I was able to do that leap of faith. It's always daunting and scary. Um, and it, it, it came down to, I, I took a calculated risk, right? You always need to take calculated risk. So I did have a bit of a financial buffer. I knew what value I can present to people with what I do but I was still sort of quite afraid of taking that step um, and when I took it it was unplanned I was literally coming back in from lunch and rather than going to my desk I took a left-hand turn to the boss's office and I said hey it's been great working here I just want you to know that I'm giving in my notice and he was like Perfect timing, you know, work is a bit quiet, so let's just wrap up at the end of this week. And then I was like, oh my God, I've just done this. <laughs> you know, yeah, I've just left a great job and I'm starting my own journey. Um, and it was terrifying. Like, I can't really say any other way. You're always just afraid when you take that leap of faith. But then you get your first project and you give it 110%. And then your next project comes in. And then you do that and you do it again and again and again. And then you start building teams and meeting people and talking to new people the way we're doing now. And it grows and it grows and it grows. And you then become quite amazed as to what you can achieve. Like, you know, starting a business was as daunting as hiring the first employee and hiring the second employee was as daunting as starting a business. <laughs> um, and it... it it kept on growing and I think we just do good work and people keep coming back to us. Yeah, you have exceptional service and do exceptional work for people that comes and it, it just grows as like a word of mouth as well through referrals. Yeah, uh, 95% of our work has been through word of mouth mm -hmm. um, and now we're slowly starting to market and show people what we do and I think even some of our clients are like, wow, we never knew you've worked on these projects before. They're like, yep, we told you. <laughs> yeah, the content will be beautiful because it's like before and afters some of the time. So, yeah. There's a lot more before and afters that are coming up, which we're very, very excited to show on some homes that have undergone incredible transformation. So we're in the process of pushing a lot of that content out there for people to see. I feel like it deserves to be seen as well. You're liking some of it? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Amazing. So we love to end on the question, what's the one thing, if you're looking back, that you would say, that changed my life? Having the right mentors along the way. Uh, I'd say that's the number one thing for me. Um, when I started, I knew what I knew, but I didn't know what I didn't know. And I very quickly reached out to two senior architects that I know, and I said, hey, I want to build this business. I want to work on these projects. I will hustle, but I need your expertise to assist me and be part of my team. 
and we came up with an agreement where they were heavily involved on a lot of my early projects and I was just there absorbing all this knowledge and we delivered these projects that otherwise there's no way I could have done them alone. So if it wasn't for those mentors, we wouldn't be where we are today. Amazing. I love that. That's definitely, (laughs) it kind of speeds up your process to get where you want to be, right? So someone's always done it before. So why not learn from someone that's done it and you decrease the amount of time it takes you as opposed to making the mistakes yourself. That's why we read books, isn't it? Like you read business books and inspirational books because you're like, if somebody's done that mistake, I can avoid it by knowing what they've done. Um, Otherwise, you'll spend so much time spinning your wheels and and doing the same mistakes before you arrive at the conclusion. Arrive at the conclusion straight away and then move on to something else by having the right people around you. Your dream team. Your dream team. I feel like it's a life (laughs) hack, honestly, surrounding yourself with people that have been where you want to go or Mm. learnt the lessons and then that saves you from having to learn them or make those mistakes. Yeah, have you ever have you ever thought of a task and in your mind that task was so daunting? You're like this this seems so complicated and so hard to achieve. And then you talk to somebody that has done it and they just say, You just gotta do A, B, and C. Yeah. And you're like, But it's not that simple. And they're like, Yes, it is. And then you yeah. do A, B, and C and you're like, Well, why didn't I do this six months ago? <laughs> Exactly, yeah. and then it saves you spending all that time up in your head and trying new yeah. things is scary. Starting a business is scary. Getting out of your comfort zone is something that I feel like you have to practice and it's still hard each time. But then if you have those people around you that you can call or the mentors that you can rely on, it just it saves you from spending that time in your head. 100%. Amazing. Well, I think that's definitely a great note to finish on. Go find your dream team for your property journey. We'll have everything linked below so that you can connect. Um, so look at the show notes for all the links so you can reach Yay. out. It's amazing to speak with oh, you. Fantastic. Thank you for having me.